Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 31st day of July. I'm your host, Paul White. Thank you for joining me today. Today is our essay edition for July 2022. In this, our fifth year of writing essays for the podcast, it's probably time to admit that these are not really essays. An essay would be full of citations and quotes, and considerable time would be spent on crafting, editing, and reviewing them. These are more musings than essays, like a blog post of sorts. I go over them, but not with the fine-tooth comb I would use if reviewing a chapter of my book. These are more extemporaneous, just north of off-the-cuff. I bring to light something that's either in the public ethos now or has landed at the front of my consciousness when it's time to start typing. For this reason, these are in a state of disorder. One month, it's a comparison. Another, a form of social commentary. Often, it's an extended rambling regarding a theological concept or a scripture. This month, our essay-turned-blog post is about a phrase, a quote, more pointedly. Charles Spurgeon said, Right believing leads to right living. This is a quote I've leaned on quite heavily, particularly in my early days of preaching the message of grace. It encapsulates the two things that constitute Christianity's greatest commodities, faith and performance. While grace denounces performance as having anything to do with faith, the ministers of grace have found it necessary to bring performance back into the argument in defense of grace. With so many naysayers predicting that grace preaching will lead to more sin and people walking away from the faith, the Spurgeon quote seems the perfect rebuttal. If you want people to live right, they need to believe right. And if you want people to believe right, then you need to present the proper message. In a nutshell, this one quote gives the grace message its ammunition. Combat false narratives with the truth about who we are in Christ and let that information lead to better performance. Well, the fact that I'm bringing this up should lead you to believe that I'm going to give you an update on how I feel about it now, either doubling down on it or questioning it. You are not wrong. That's precisely why I'm writing this. But be warned. The following is not some ironclad stance I've developed as the result of wrestling the quote over and over. Rather, these are musings, thoughts along the way to something. I have not arrived, but I'm on to something. Just what I'm on to may not be obvious. First, let me start by saying that I do believe the quote to have its basis in a very real truth. Right believing does lead to right living regarding living out what you believe. If you believe something, you're going to live it. Where your faith stands, there you will stand. It's a little bit like, be it unto you according to your faith, mixed with a little out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As you believe, you live. As you believe, you speak. This is predicated on us being honest, of course, as we then live out what we really believe versus what we wish we believed. My journey with this quote only recently resumed. I hadn't given it much thought in a long time. One of those things you have figured out and see no need to re-examine. But the quote crossed my field of vision the other day, perhaps in a book or online, and I heard a question in my spirit I'd never heard before. It went something like this. Right believing leads to right living, and what will that get you? I paused 
and thought it over. What is the end result? Of course, right living is the end result in that equation, but maybe more importantly, we should consider if right living should ever be the end result. If it is, then is faith merely the means to get us to the greater good? Right living is what we're going for, and faith is the vehicle to get us there. If believing correctly leads to living correctly, then faith is no reward as much as it is a tool. Now, that does not necessarily seem all that bad to me. Faith as a means is not that far from Jesus' statement, be it unto you according to your faith, where you get what it is you're looking for as a result of believing. In that scenario, Faith is me- the faith is means and whatever you end up with is the end result of that faith. In this way, salvation would be an example of the ultimate landing spot with faith getting us there. Right believing leads to my salvation. But the little voice in my spirit was nagging at me. What does it get me if right living is the end result of right believing? Well, let's kick it around some more. What would I get if I lived right? Am I living right? so that I get closer to God? Am I living right so that I receive a greater quantity of favor or anointing or forgiveness? Maybe living right is a reward within itself. I want to live right, and the way to do it is not to try and live right, but to believe correctly about myself as a son and a full inheritor of the promises of God, and then living right is the gift I get on this earth. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't know many people who view living right as some sort of reward. That's not to say we don't have a sense of peace and joy in right living, but honestly, do people view the ability to live right as a gift that comes at the end of their faith? I suspect, and remember, we're just kicking the tires on some ideas here, that right living is still considered the highest possible outcome in our relationship with God. And in this scenario... We're in relationship with God by faith, and the greatest expression of that relationship is that our performance gets better and better. As our performance improves, it validates our faith and our belief system, and it shows the world around us that we are in relationship with God. Well, that description comes dangerously close to making right living the means by which we identify as Christian, and such a theology can turn churches into places where right living is what is preached as the identifier of Christianity. In that, even knowing that right believing actually gets us where we want to go, it's right living that becomes the predicator of correct doctrine. Thus, we can construct our theologies around moralism. We know that right believing works, but we don't know how to quantify that without the right living part. So what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, in this case, it doesn't matter. We just need the eggs So the chicken is a necessity. (laughs) Right believing leads to right living. What will right living get you? In retrospect, it's a pretty good question. Right living gets you nothing with a God of grace. He didn't save you because you're living right. He doesn't bless you because you're living right. He doesn't put sickness on you when you fail, nor bankrupt you when you don't give. Your living right is not adding to your spiritual stature even one cubit. So what does right living get you? Maybe it makes you proud or selfish or self-righteous. But I think we all know that surely we can produce a better answer. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is not an isolated moment in the New Testament. 
but rather a recurrent theme. Paul believed that good works were a consequence and evidence of life with God. He went as far as to claim that God's people should be zealous for good works, Titus 2.14. In his prison epistle, 1 Timothy, Paul instructed young Timothy to live in front of other believers in a way that would be an example in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity, chapter 4, verse 12, going so far as to add that this might even, quote, save both yourself and those who hear you, end quote. The argument here seems to be live right as an example. It could be the thing that causes someone else to seek Christ. But I'll be honest, that seems like a stretch to me. I don't know how many people who choose right living do so because they saw their co-worker live right. I do think that we can live in such a selfless, loving, compassionate manner that people want to be around us and they want to know what we know. I think the kind of love that Jesus presented made people long to be in his presence so that they could say what the soldiers said of him, never has a man spoken like this man. The right living that Jesus displayed was right in that it set people at liberty and freed them from condemnation. The living that Jesus displayed was not even considered right living by the religious-minded Pharisees who valued rule-keeping over relationships. In that sense, right living can be defined in many ways, but it can never be defined as a refusal to love. Right living was not the end game for Jesus. Right living was loving people, and people mattered. Before you lock on to right believing leads to right living, just ask yourself what right living would get you. If there's even a hint that it would get you God's favor, approval, or a greater quantity of anointing or blessing, I beg you to reconsider. If by right living you see a greater quality of living, a life that is full of the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Spirit, then jump in with both feet. Just be sure that the right living you're talking about loves people, values, releases, and cherishes them in the way that Jesus does, and that the right living is about experiencing His life on the earth. Sure, I want people to live right, but I'll be honest, it's pretty selfish of me. I want them to live in a way that doesn't steal my stuff, harm my family, or rip me off. I want them to live in a way that values my hopes, dreams, and desires and does not block me from living the life I want. I don't think much of their right living in terms of morality or pleasing God. I believe he's the father of all and he loves them unconditionally. Now, they may not believe that and therefore, true to the spirit of the quote, they may not exhibit much right living. I'd like for them to believe it For in believing, they'd have the right to call themselves the sons of God, and a world full of sons is far better than a world full of slaves. If my right believing leads to right living, then all right. But my right living won't make a nickel's worth of difference to my forgiveness, my grace, my mercy, and my being loved. I am a son, not because I live right for my father, but because I am his and he is mine. I want to live right as far as I experience the life of God on the earth and show others his love. I care nothing for living right to prove I have faith or to show someone else my doctrine works. I've been there, and that kind of right living becomes a burden too great to bear. We haven't solved anything this month. We've only kicked around a few ideas and landed on a few options. You must decide for yourself how you feel about such statements You may decide you'd rather not bother. It's just not that important to you. And I respect that too. Believe it, don't believe it. Live right, live wrong. Whatever those definitions mean. But in the end, 
I just hope you know you're loved and you decide someone else ought to know they're loved as well. And for my money, that is right living. Grace to you.